Equine health is our business, horses and education are our passion. Welcome to the EquiConnect podcast. Here, we will have case-based conversation and talk about interesting news and information with the goal of sharing knowledge, focusing on equine health. Good morning and welcome to our listeners to our next episode of our EquiConnect podcast. I am your host, Karen Fell, and today we have a very special guest, Dr. Mike Palmo. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Karen. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Of course. Thank you for joining us. We're excited to have you share a bit of your story with our listeners. Can't wait. So can you give us a little background in the equestrian industry? Yeah. So I first got into horses, actually, I was in my early 20s. I had moved to Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, of all places. And I had moved from Montreal. And I didn't know anybody in Cape Breton. And I was gifted 10 riding lessons. And I'll be honest, the first few lessons, I did not enjoy it. I mean, I was a downtown Montreal kid. And I just didn't get it. By about the seventh one, I was like, oh, I like this. And by the 10th one, I signed up myself for more lessons. And after that 10-pack was gone, I bought. I just kept on buying more and more. And I was taking lessons two, three times a week. And then within a year, I had my first horse. And then what happened is I was living in Cape Breton, and the farrier was only coming once every three weeks. So if your horse lost a shoe like the day after he was there, you'd have to wait almost three weeks for him to show up again. So I was like, that's not fun. So I went to the Oklahoma Horseshoeing School to learn how to at least put a shoe back on again. So if my horse or any of the other horses in the barn I was at lost a shoe, uh, we had a solution. And lo and behold, I fell in love with horseshoeing. And that then became, uh, with some other circumstances, my full-time career afterwards. In between, I went and worked for, uh, I was involved with reining horses back then. I worked, worked for a reining horse trainer in the United States and met uh, a person who was a veterinarian but was a farrier. And he did a lot of combination lameness and foot related problems. And him and I became really good friends. And I ended up moving from the reining horse trainer and apprenticing with this uh, vet for three years. And after that, I moved back to Quebec, where I was from, and started my own shoeing business. So that's how I got involved in horses. And it took over my life. Yeah, it sounds like you really dove in with two feet. Because up until then, my whole background, like, I mean, I was a city kid, grew up downtown Montreal. Like, I was as downtown a person as you can be. Uh, I didn't know what being in the country was. But I just fell in love with it and it just took over my life. My background before was in the arts all through high school. And my first degree was in communications and theater. And that was my whole background. And then boom, 180 degree switch. And now I'm into horses. Wow, that's amazing. That's quite a a change there. And then my path to becoming a vet is I was showing horses for a good client and just outside of Montreal. And I, I knew I needed something. I needed to do something different. I mean, I'm almost 6'4", and my back was not loving me. She would say relationship between a farrier and the owner is almost like a marriage. Like you really have to pick each other out. And so we would mm-hmm. talk a lot. We, you know, we became good friends. We're still in contact, you know, almost 30 years later. And uh, I was just showing one day and she's like, you know, Mike, you should go to vet school. You'd be a really good vet. And it was the proverbial light bulb went off. And I was like, you're right. (laughs) And so I went back to school. I had never taken a science course in my life ever. 
And so I had to do all the Ontario equivalency of biology and chemistry and physics and math. And yeah, long story short, it worked. And I got into vet school and moved to Ontario. Wow, that's such a big uh, a big change there. And that's so cool to hear how your life path kind of really changed throughout just experience that you were having in the horse world. I mean, as we all know, I mean, horses take over your life. And I mean, I was just immersed in it. And I just, I just was more and more curious. I wanted to learn more. And I just thought being a vet would allow me to have the skills and the background that I could do more work with lameness and, and performance horses. That was really interesting. And so, yeah, it worked. Yeah, definitely. Recently, you're starting a new venture involving Ontario Equestrian, OE. So why do you want to be on the OE board of directors? Yeah, I, everybody's asking me that question. <laughs> and as I was putting in my uh, my application for it, I really thought a lot about it. And I think it goes back to my being with horses, doing things with horses, regardless of the discipline, what you do, whether you're just taking lessons or you're just riding for pleasure or just hacking in the country or you're training it into competition is the relationship with a horse is just something special. And I want more people to know about this really is what it comes down to. It's, it's such a fantastic uh, relationship. And I look at friends and I see you and you post on Instagram and you're out hacking and it's just like, <laughs> there's something so special about this. You know, it's sort of like everybody should know about it. I love the industry. I love the relationships. I have a lot of optimism and hope for our industry. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be part of uh, an organization that really advocates for the equestrian industry. I think what really started me thinking about it is uh, last year, I was asked to be part of the fund allocation committee of For the Herd as a response to COVID and the limited ability of school horses or school barns to offer lessons. And seeing the, the and reading the stories of what was happening in the industry across Ontario was heartbreaking. And I can tell you that many of the committee meetings, we would meet pretty well every Friday and, and go over it. Often, many of us would be on a call in tears because of just how uh, upsetting the stories were. But I was so impressed working with these people. I was uh, working with Julia Merritt, who is on the board of directors right now. She was leading this committee, and I was very impressed with her. I was impressed with the staff at OE who was supporting it. And I was like, this is a great organization. They're doing something good. They're responding to the industry and doing the best they can with what's been going on and with COVID and, and all the other challenges. And I was like, I'd like to be part of this organization. So I, I guess that's the long, not I was going to say short of it, but that was pretty long-winded, but that's probably why the main reason why I want to be part of OE. Well, that's incredible. That's really great that you're able to kind of dabble in it last year and then think, you know what, this is something I'm really interested in and I'd like to continue on with it. 100%. And the other aspect of it is that just, I look at where we are in Ontario and we're in a great province. We're fortunate where we are uh, just outside of the GTA of Toronto is the most ethnically diverse city in the world. It's the fastest growing city in North America. The suburbs are getting closer and closer to where the horse farms are. So our clients or potential clients rather are actually getting closer to where all the equestrian stables are. And I just 
if I put it into one sentence, is I, I would like people to consider equestrian activities in the same breath as they say, well, I want to send my child to uh, tennis camp or golf courses or gymnastics or hockey or whatever. But I would love equestrian to be part of that discussion and for people to realize that what a great viable option. I think the potential to grow our sport, to bring more people on is limitless. Uh, and I, I just want to be part of an organization with like-minded people that have the same enthusiasm about the equestrian industry. Absolutely. Mike, tell us what you bring to the table that will have a positive effect on OE, its members, and the horse industry. Um, I don't like to pump myself up, but I'll just talk, you know, what my background is. So I've been in several parts of Canada. I've worked in Alberta for a year. So I have a broad sense of what's going on in Canada and obviously in the last 20 plus years being in Ontario and having various roles within the industry. So not just as a, as a veterinarian, but as a farrier and, and just as a horse enthusiast. I've helped with uh, my partner, Melissa McKee, and, and now Dr. Maggie Turner and the great team we have at McKee Panel Equine Services. I think we have really are building something quite special. Being part of the, of the practice with three locations in the GTA, I get to talk to a lot of customers, a lot of people who are involved, in, uh, whether it's at horse shows, boarding barns, uh, lesson barns. You know, I just have a good insight what are the pressing concerns. I'm always amazed when I bring it up about seven, eight years ago. I realized I wanted to be smarter and make better business decisions for our company. So I did an executive MBA at Western University at the Richard Ivey School of Business. And that was a transformative experience. And just what I learned in the business school is just, uh, it just opened up my mind of, of so many other possibilities. But really, it helped me understand strategy. It helped me understand marketing, helped me understand leadership helped me understand governance or how uh, a business should be managed or how the, the reporting chain, the, the rules and regulations that are in place for the proper operation of a business or an organization. And then the other thing too is that it helps you manage risk. Uh, and so when we make choices, you have to take a lot of input from a lot of different sources. You've got to listen to a lot of different people to come to the best conclusion. So there's that. I have also been privileged to be on the boards of, of several organizations. So one, more recently, I was on the council of the College of Veterinarians of Ontario. So that's the governing body for veterinarians in Ontario. So that uh, opened up uh, my eyes and gave me a lot of experience of working for uh, government-based or member-based organizations. I've also been a part on the board of the Ontario Veterinary Medical Association, which is a provincial advocacy group for veterinarians. I was a president of the Ontario Association of Equine Practitioners. And one of the things we believe in at McKee Panel is that we really believe in giving back to our community. So anytime that we have a chance to, to volunteer, it helps. I'm also currently on the industry committee of uh, Equestrian Canada. And I also have another business too, Oculus Insights, and we do business consulting for veterinarians. And so primarily, uh, it has been up until recently with equine veterinarians, and I had had partners in the Netherlands and in the United States, and we have had programs in several in Europe, several in the United States. We've also had programs in China and Australia. So I have a real global understanding of the horse industry. And I can see what's going on, let's say Europe, which has a really strong equestrian uh, foundation. And 
see what's what works there, uh, see what's going on in the states and all levels. So I, I think I've, I just got a really diverse background that I think would be very beneficial. It definitely sounds like you have a lot of diversity in your past, that's for sure. After practicing as an equine vet, you mentioned seven, eight years ago, you went back to business school. Why is it that you went back to school to earn your MBA? Yeah, I'll be really honest is I made some bad decisions as as the managing partner McKee panel. I made some decisions that weren't the smartest. And I said, you know, at that time I was hitting 50 and I said, I'm getting too old to make dumb mistakes. I need to be smarter. And I need to have a better understanding in the decision-making process of whether it's for our business or for working on the boards that I had been mentioning. So that was the impetus. I just like, I need to be smarter. And so I'm always a big believer in education. And I just said, I need to do better for uh, the people that I work with. You know, as a leader of the organization, uh, a lot of people work for us and I feel very responsible. And I want to make sure that we have a very sustainable business that takes care of our clients and their horses, but also the people that work with us. That's really a big priority for us. That's the main reason. Well, that's great. Company culture is a huge part of McKee Pownell and your vision. How would you apply that mindset into OE? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because culture is critical in any organization. And, and that's one of the things I said that, you know, I mentioned earlier that really intrigued me about OE is just how well board members and the staff work well together. People are committed. It's not just the horses. They enjoyed working with each other and they had a good interaction. I think we have to adapt to the culture of the organization, uh, understanding the mission, the purpose, the vision of the organization. And so I'm really, uh, if I am fortunate enough to win this election, to be on the board is to understand and to learn from existing board members, uh, understand the wisdom that they bring, their experience that they already have and to open myself up to these new opportunities. Yes, definitely. Your mission and that of our practice at McKee Pownell is to give horse people peace of mind about their horse's health care through our customer service and education. What is your mission for becoming a member of the OE Board of Directors? I think, you know, a mission is a, is a combination of values and purpose. And I think the purpose, that peace of mind is a guiding light for me. And it's a guiding light for McKee Panel. I mean, whenever we have, we have a customer that's upset or even customers that are just really happy, we always come back and ask ourselves, where did we deliver the peace of mind? And, you know, where did, did we drop the ball on that? And so I think it's the same thing is that, you know, there's been a lot of the, this past year a lot of insecurity in this industry, in this profession, lots. Even now, as we're recording this, you know, we're still waiting on confirmation of when shows are going to begin. I want to be part of an organization that their efforts uh, and their advocacy gives people, the stakeholders in the uh, and members of Ontario Equestrian, that peace of mind that they have a future, that they have something that they can do forever. That's going to give them not only just the, the enjoyment of having horses, but also I'm thinking of, of horse show organizers, stable organizers, uh, stable owners, uh, people that give lessons. I mean, I mean, there's so many people that depend on the equestrian industry for their livelihood. And if I can be part of giving them peace of mind that this industry is stable and flourishing, 
not just stable, but has to be flourishing and growing, that the opportunities are there for others to fulfill their professional and personal dreams in the horse industry. Definitely. That would be amazing to continue growing throughout uh, the industry. What's one part of your previous experience with company culture that you hope to bring to OE? I think having a culture of, of collaboration, that I think is, is key. I really do think that when you have a group of people together that respect each other, respect each other's ideas, whether they're great ideas or just floating an idea that's really a, ends up being a bad idea, the fact that we can collaborate, listen to each other, and, and the sum of the of the group is greater than the individual parts. Uh, that's what I find. I, I really enjoy. I enjoy it at McKee Panel, and I enjoy it in any organization. Is if we can push each other to make the organization better, that kind of collaboration really excites me. Absolutely. I think that the equestrian industry is such a close knit community that having collaboration is a huge aspect of of the industry for sure. Yeah. And, and, and what I'm excited too is, is to hear the voices of people from other parts of the province. One of the things I, I learned from being part of, of, of For the Herd of the, this industry is not just a, you know, Southwest Ontario focus. I mean, this industry is throughout this province. And I just really look forward to learning more about the challenges, the opportunities, whether they're in Kenora or Ottawa or all points in between. There's a lot of great voices and, and uh, interests. And I think, again, the collective whole is, can be a very powerful movement. Absolutely. Now, Mike, what is a misconception that people have about you? Hmm. That's always a hard one to answer for yourself. But I would have to think the first thing that comes to mind is, and I've heard this from people before, is that, well, I'm just all about business and it's, it's just about the money. And that's not true. And maybe you can chime in, but I, I just, you know, the motivation, we put, built McKee Panel for a, a couple of reasons. And this is like when Melissa and I started the practice in 2002, these were like the three guiding lights for us. Uh, number one was to involve the horse owner in the decisions. That was critical for us. It's too often that, you know, the vet would just say at this time, you know, just, you know, I'm the vet. Don't ask any questions. I'll tell you what to do. And I just like that wasn't right. And we really appreciated the, 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 the bond that people had with their, their horses, whether they're, you know, race horses or, or pets. So that was really important. Uh, the, the second part, which was huge for us, uh, was uh, we would see people that would work at veterinary practices and vet equine veterinary practices, the support staff, and they had no room to grow. There were no opportunities for them to develop professionally, personally. And frankly, the pay was horrible. And if these people didn't have a partner that had, quote unquote, a real job, often they were living and in, in pretty close to poverty wages. And we were just like, we need to develop a business that grows. And that's why McKee Panel grows, is to give opportunity for the people that work for us to develop professionally and to have a, a, a meaningful wage that, you know, their efforts are, are rewarded that way. And, and then the third thing was uh, at the time, veterinarians, you know, it's very common to have this 24-7 mentality, always on uh, solo horse practices. And I'm just like, nobody's going to want to do that anymore. And so that's why we wanted to build a group practice so vets could have time off, that they could have weekends off. I mean, the joke in vet school was if, 
if you went into vet school and you love horses, you better get a job in a small animal clinic so you'll have time to ride your horses. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. And so, you know, we want to make sure that our veterinarians, you know, have the time off. And nothing gives me greater pleasure when hearing about uh, people that work with us and the veterinarians that they go to horse shows, they compete, that they spend time riding. And then I think really what it comes down to is, you know, we talked earlier about our purpose or, you know, giving horse people peace of mind through education and customer service. That is really our guiding light because I tell you, you know, I think if I put reason why I became a vet and why we started to practice, you know, this is going back when Melissa and I, before we were vets, is there's nothing uh, more upsetting than when you bring your animal, whether it's your horse, your cat or dog, a rabbit to the veterinarian, and you're not sure that you're getting all the information and that anxiety when worry. Uh, and I was like, I want, we want to have a business where people say, no matter what the decision they make, whether it's the right kind of vaccines or dentistry or a castration or even euthanasia, that it's the best decision with the information that we have. And so we can all have peace of mind that we've done the, be- the right thing. That's what is our priority. And so I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not a hard-nosed business person. I know other vet practices within Ontario that are far more profitable than us. We just reinvest right back into the business over and over again. That's that's what we're all about. Absolutely. And something that I really like personally about the company to kind of bounce um bounce off that is that I've never been a part of a company previously that has been so supportive and encouraging of its employees to grow and, you know, be really spark their interests and really help them and provide resources and support for them to kind of continue on with that path that they're interested in and really help them flourish. I think often it's kind of, okay, this is the job. If it's not really what you want to do anymore, then unfortunately you should probably move on to a different, a different job. And sometimes that is the case. However, I know for myself, there's been certain interests that I've had that I've brought up that has really been encouraged uh, from within the company and from yourself as as an owner. Um, I think that's really incredible that our path isn't just one way, that we're able to kind of veer from our path and and help everybody internally within the company to be really, really happy and content. Well, thank you. You know, I think that really reflects just our attitude of let's find opportunities. Let's not focus on limitations. Let's, how do we just, you know, let's push ourselves, push what we're doing and to make it better for all of us. And I, that's our, that's really what we're all about. And, you know, being able to work with uh, horse owners and their horses, that's, that's a fantastic part of it, but uh, just ha- having that ability to have people like yourself and other great people in our organization that are just so smart and creative and ambitious is like, let's open doors, let's find opportunities. Definitely. I think that's amazing that you're able to develop that within a company that seems so black and white initially. It's, you know, taking care of our horses and, and realizing that there's actually more opportunity from there. I think it's really incredible. Well, thank you. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about during our episode today? I think you've covered it, Karen. These are some really good questions. You've made me how to think, and especially, you know, some of these were like, hmm, I got to I gotta really uh, analyze this. I think you've covered it. I, I'm almost worried I've been talking too much, so. <laughs> I think you've been doing a great job. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today and letting our listeners get to know you better. We wish you all the best. Um, We really wish you good luck. Thanks, Karen. Thank you. This podcast is not a substitute for regular and emergency veterinary care. Our purpose is to inform and educate horse people. Not to diagnose and treat medical conditions without a valid veterinary client-patient relationship. 